Where's Rigged been? You're undoubtedly asking yourself right now. Well, it turns out Rigged was a lot of work. Additional work besides rolling a handful of dice and telling a story. So, while Feckless Moam Studio is currently three brothers in three separate locations, we've put Rigged on indefinite hiatus. But the ball is rolling to get us together to create this awesome content in a more energetically logical way, with much less extraneous effort in regards to the editing and production. Basically, that's, that's me, that's Nick. I have a two-year-old and a wife who has hobbies, so we gotta share, that's all. That being said, we do have an absolutely awesome replacement cast to get you through this trying time. Those goofballs who brought you rigged are proud to present Random Encounters. I have nearly every D&D monster manual published, so every week I'm going to do a deep dive into one randomly chosen monster from a randomly chosen manual. Matt and Brandon and I will discuss the merits, weaknesses, how one would use this critter as a DM, and even speculate on how you'd play it as a character. Be sure to find Feckless Moans' random encounters in your cast catcher of choice and subscribe, so you don't miss a single monster audibly delivered directly to your ear holes. Hi there. Before we get into random encounters this week, we wanted to tell you about another podcast that you should be listening to. Nick, what's it called? It's called Talk Tull to Me. Hey, Omen, what's it about? Okay, so each week, you and I sit down and discuss a song from the decades-spanning prog rock band Jethro Tull. That is insanely right. Each week <laughs> is the next song chronologically released from their first album in 1968 all the way to present. It's going to take us forever. So subscribe to Talk Tall to Me wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Feckless Moms Audio Network. FecklessMoms.com Welcome back, fair townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are the Brothers McGill, and we are here to randomly pull a monster from a random monster manual and talk about it. I have 21 monster manuals at this point, and uh, I will be the... For lack of a better word, the dungeon master guiding us through this discussion. And Matt and Brandon will begin by trying to guess what the monster is. And then uh, we'll just discuss. We'll see how that monster fits and uh, see if it is cool, lame, adorable, or all of the above. Just before we begin, if you happen to have any of the monster manuals and you would like a specific monster discussed... Go ahead and let us know. Send a, a, an email over to momes at fecklessmomes.com and uh, just give us the monster manual and the page and we'll go from there. If not, we'll just do random pulls. This week's random monster manual is the Pathfinder Bestiary number six. It is the most recent bestiary. It is the 
the final one that they put out for uh, their first edition. They've got second edition in the works. It hasn't uh, released yet. Um, so this is the last one, their most recent one. And uh, we've got page number 48 for our monster. And we will... We will read some flavor text. Unfortunately, the flavor text on these guys isn't very... There isn't very much to it. Not very flavorful. Not terribly flavorful. It's like a matzo flavor text. But I'll, I'll dip into some of the special abilities and maybe give you a description, too, and, and maybe we can get some... get a name out of it from that. A tremendous bramble of intertwined bushes rises from a sizable pile of bones heaped at its roots and its thorny flowers drip blood. It is a two-word name and both of those words were used in that description. I got it. What is it? Bone tree. Tree's not in here. I thought you said tree. (laughs) (laughs) A tremendous bramble of intertwined bushes rises from a sizable pile of bones heaped at its roots. Bush bone. And its thorny flowers drip blood. What did you say? Bush 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 tree? (laughs) Bush bone. I thought you said, uh, maybe maybe I thought you said tremendous. Did I say tremendous? Is tremendous in here? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. It's the second word. I paid attention that time. (laughs) Matt, do you have any guesses other than uh, bush bone? <laughs> it actually sounds unbelievably inappropriate. Filthy. Yeah. Thorny bone, which sounds just as, just just as bad. As, just as that bad. Sounds like a bone that needs penicillin. It is Aww. blood bramble. It is a blood bramble. That was my second guess. Was it though? It is now. Like a swarm... A blood bramble can move into areas occupied by other creatures. That's cool. Its brambles weave quickly across the ground, wounding and tripping creatures sharing the same space. Moving into another creature's space is a move action that provokes attacks of opportunity. Creatures sharing a space with a blood bramble are considered to be moving in difficult terrain. Each time a creature takes a move or standard action within the blood bramble space, it must first succeed a DC 25 reflex or take 1D8 points of piercing damage from the sharp thorns. Good God. It is a CR 10 though. Challenge rating. I mean, that's still up there, but I, I guess that makes a little more sense. It can attempt a special trip combat as a swift action. That's cool. Or combat maneuver rather. It affects all creatures that share the blood bramble space and does not provoke attacks of of opportunity. They're aggressive ambulatory brambles. They closely resemble large patches of normal bushes, a similarity they take advantage of with deadly efficacy. Although they are autotrophic, blood brambles also gain water and nutrients by consuming the blood of living creatures. They're avid hunters, though they're not known to be territorial. On rare occasions, they may take up permanent residence, but only in regions where both sunlight and prey remain plentiful, such as along trade routes. 
They attack by rushing into their opponent's space and weakening individuals by mercilessly thrashing them with thick, spiny vines. Whoa! A typical blood ramble is 12 feet wide and has a height of 7 feet. Its thorny flowers are most often deep red, though a variety of different colors have been reported. I thought this was like a dinky little Deku scrub. This is huge! Hmm. Well, it makes sense if it's going to do this damage to a multitude of characters all at once. Yeah, that's true. So being 12 feet wide, it takes up like over two squares in width, yeah. right? Yep. It's, it is a large plant, vulnerable to fire, obvious. It speaks Aklo. Oh, no, it cannot speak. So I guess it just understands Aklo. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. Its environment is temperate forests. Okay. That's about it. I could get into the... Like, they give... One of the things I remember about 3.5, and remember Pathfinder is using the 3.5 system, is there were there were more feats than you could ever imagine. Yep. And all of these monsters are given feats. I wish I understood. I wish I remembered a lot of them. But it's usually like improved critical, improved initiative, a specific skill focus or a specific like weapon focus. But it's still cool. It's still cool to see that they build them essentially the same way you would build a character. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Is this a single item critter, do you think? At CR10, that's that's pretty hefty. Or would you throw it in with some other stuff? Ooh. I mean, it's big and pretty tough looking. Right. I mean, if your if your party was a bunch of 15s, you yeah, could obviously yeah. throw. Yeah. And for flavor, I don't think I would throw in two blood brambles. I think that Nah. Unless you had them, like, on opposite sides of a clearing, maybe. But I'm not sure that would be a terribly fun fight to do. Yeah, because you're probably going to wind up being just contained somehow for a good portion of it. You don't necessarily want to do that to the entire party. Yeah, or the tank just tries to stay up there but keeps getting knocked down. Yep. And the only one with really effective with really effective damage is the the wizard with fire, you know, something like that. Exactly, yeah. But if you're doing that and focusing on one, the other one can come up. It could be like a surprise, like a like um yep. Like that scene in uh in Jurassic Park when the the second blood bramble comes out and you say clever girl and <laughs> yeah, it, and it exactly. whips you. <laughs> As 126 HP. That seems pretty pretty par for the course for for a 10 right i I would say so if you what's your average if you average eight that's 80 and then say you have a plus two to your con no if you average eight that's 40 at level 10 and you have a plus two to your con so that's times 10 so that's 20 so that's 60 plus four more because your first roll is max so that's 64 yep that's half that's half of the monster but in general monsters have le- more hit points than characters because you have five guys walloping on them right true and if you think about it it's a it's a large monster takes up two squares that's true yeah it doesn't specifically say you would think it would say that, right? 
Oh, space, I guess. Space, 10 feet. Reach, yeah. 10 feet. Okay, so that's what that means. Yeah. Well, reaches it. Reaches it beyond. Reach, yeah, reaches beyond. But it's also a space 10 feet is is a square. It's a two by two square. In terms of, of the fighting grid. If it's yeah, there, they're yeah. five each. That would make sense. Yeah, it's not it's not often that we come upon a larger base creature. You know? That's kind Especially of Especially something like that where it's not a giant or a, you know Right. A big plant is kind of a weird weird thing to come across. It's a fun little oddity to throw in there to really spice mm-hmm. things up. Yeah. I've looked through a lot of monster manuals and you don't generally unless it's like a nymph or a sylph or a humanoid plant thing, you don't generally see many sentient plants, I guess. Yeah. If you would call it sentient, but like living, yeah. moving, attacking plant. Would be a, a cool guard or something like that for like a tree ant community. Mm, yeah. And actually I just saw in the ecology section, in organization, they can be solitary, a pair or a thicket of blood brambles, which is between three and eight. I was just looking at that. Oh. Eight of these would be terrible. Yeah. Between death and certain death. Oh, man, that would suck. I feel like if you were to do eight of them, it would be maybe for a, either a larger party or... It's or just higher. higher like, yeah, just I higher would, level. I wouldn't throw eight of these. At, Fifteen would be a... Uh, even even at fifteens, I think it would be a struggle. If you were, Maybe yeah. eighteen or above, it right. would be... It would be a fun challenge, but it wouldn't be that harrowing. Right. But yeah, eight of these these big guys, that could be really cool. I am a little surprised that they don't have a move that allows them to kind of regen. A lot like the Rat King damaging a swarm of rats. Mm-hmm. That they don't have a move that allows them to absorb blood on a hit. Yeah. Vampiric. Yeah, like the suction vine or something. That even just five hit points may seem like a lot, but when you start with 126. Sure. Yeah. Oh, they have 12 D8 plus 72. Wow. Oh, and damage resistance to... Damage resistance 10 to slashing. So anybody with with a sword or an axe... But not piercing. That's interesting. I was going to say, that doesn't sound right. It should yeah. be the other way, you would think. But Bludgeoning, obviously, would, would do just fine. Yep. Yeah, you would think piercing wouldn't be. It's like it's like just poking a bunch of, bunch of sticks with a stick. I mean, that's how you clear thickets, is just with a spear, so. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I you guess know. so. <laughs> Wait, no, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> that was sarcastic. Yes, yes, Because with, with a machete, you slash... <laughs> Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Okay. You you guys both you were you were you played expert on that so well. I was like, do I not know something here? <laughs> they sound like they know it, so I have to go with it. <sighs> wow, they have a plus seventeen to stealth, which makes a lot of sense. They have a fourteen climb plus fourteen. Oh, that's cool. Because mm. those those vines, you see a like a cluster up in a tree. Ooh, they look like the foliage of a tree. And then they drop down and the tree is just leafless and it was just them. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of flavor. 
Yeah. Yeah. You could walk into what seems to be like a hedge maze area. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they're, what, 12 feet wide? Mm-hmm. Eight of them is... Uh, 96. 96, yeah, 96 feet long. Yeah. Yeah. For game mechanic purposes, it's technically only 80 because they, they give them that 10 space. Yeah. Oh, right. But still, it's... But still, that's that's substantial. And you could have them interspersed. It doesn't have to be all of them, but you have them interspersed and... Yeah the spots that they're in are actually the spots that you have to go through. So you have to get through them. Otherwise you'll just be wandering forever kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put that. And I think in, I don't remember if it's in one of the like Volo's guide or, or something like that. I think there are topiary animals as well in the monster manuals. So mix those in there too. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a really neat and then having the center be like a nymph or something. Be the minotaur in the middle of the maze. Yeah, in the middle in the middle of a of a plant maze. It'd be a, a yeah. plant a plant minotaur. Exactly, a topiary minotaur. A plantatar. It would be the topiary and the the shining. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Crappy CGI and everything. Yeah, there's that. That was not good. Well, I mean, it was it was the it was. In the midst of all those made-for-TV Stephen Kings in the mid-90s, late-90s, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, mid to late. It was primo TV budget CGI right there. Yeah. They spent all their money on six hours of Stephen Weber. I was just going to say they spent so much money on the guy from Wings. More Stephen Weber than anyone really needs. Oh, stop it, you damn little pup. Who was... Who was the wife in that one? Was that anyone? Uh, Rebecca something. Rebecca something. Romaine Stamos. Rebecca de Mornay. Rebecca. That's it. Is that is that who it That's is? It. I have no That's idea it. who that is. I just know. Yeah, the name. I think you're right. That sounds like someone who was a lot of stuff. Who was in the '90s though? Who was like a star in the '90s? Uh, right. Oh yeah, yeah, she was all over the '90s. Oh, she's yeah, she's done yeah. now. She's done now. And what about the kid? <laughs> Wasn't the kid someone big too? Uh, well, he was. That kid was also in the uh, Little Rascals movie. It was a CGI Jim Carrey. <laughs> it was Andy Circus. <laughs> Andy Circus did the the movement, oh. and Jim Carrey did the voice. Oh my yeah, a God. very young Andy Circus. And Scatman Carruthers was in it, right? As the caretaker. Was he Dick? The the previous caretaker. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hang on. IMDb is on its way. IMDb is there when you need it. Absolutely. Some music for your pleasure while you wait. Don't click on the ad. Uh, Let's see. It's like you're scolding a dog. (laughs) Pretty soon we're going to have to scold our dogs not to click on the ads. Fun fact, I guess the wife's name is Winifred. I never actually knew that. Did they ever say her name in the, in the movie? I thought it was Penny. I don't think Why so. Why do I think it was Penny? Maybe it was in the old one. I could be making the that original. up 100%. Okay. Oh, Shelly. Shelly Duvall was the original. That's why, I, that's why I have the name. Yeah. 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 Olive oil, yes. He's mine. 
<laughs> and he's large. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Cortland Mead is Danny was the was the boy. Oh, okay. Cortland Great. Mead. Thanks. Thanks for that. And he's been in two things. That helps. He's been in two things. The Shining and the and commercial for The Shining. It. No, the, well, okay, three. He was he was in uh, the Rugrats movie, the remake Rugrats. Rugrats. Little Rascals. I just said it. Thank he you. He was Angelica. Who was, who, That's, which, which rascal was he? Petey. No, he was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was the kid that barely ever spoke. And then at the very end, he said like this really, really eloquent, eloquent and intelligent thing. I don't remember what the heck his Cor- name Would was. you say the kid's name was Cortland what? Cortland Mead. And it's C-O-U-R. T-L-A-N-D. Who, who were you asking about? Uh, Scatman Carruthers was in there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, he looks... Oh, he's weird. He's a weird <laughs> kid. Elliot Gould was in there. Of course he was. Oh, man, he's such a 90s kid. I don't see a Scatman Carruthers in here. No? Who did you say he was? He was the guy that handed the keys over to... The the Southern guy or the African American guy? The African American guy. That would be Melvin Van Peebles. Oh. Was it Scatman Carruthers in the Night at the Museum movies? I don't even know who Oh yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> cutting every last bit of this. Leave it. <laughs> Leave it. Oh no no no. He was in the original. Oh, okay. He was he was Dick Halloran in the in the original. He actually played in um, Cuckoo's Nest with Nicholson as well. Oh, nice as, as Injun Joe. So Blood Bramble, probably not the Blood Bramble. <laughs> Matt, yes. If you were playing in a plant in a vegetarian campaign. And you played as a blood bramble. How do I even ask this question? How would you play this? Like it's a, um, it's kind of a tanky role, but it's kind of also no, it's kind of a rogue role. But it's not like you can sneak up on someone. Although I mean, a seventeen plus seventeen is a really good stealth. Yeah, I mean the I think the issue with playing a blood bramble is does it have the intelligence and the the ability to be a player? I'll tell you right now, no. Okay. <laughs> it has a three. Its intelligence is a three. Yeah. Followed by the charisma of nine. A 15 wisdom, 22 strength and con, and then a 28 dex. Yeah. So I guess that, that settles that, really. Yeah, the wisdom tells me it does everything on instinct, at least. Sure. So you can do that, but it's... It's basically playing a trap. Yeah. It's like a Venus flytrap or a, or a yeah. what is it, a bell jar plant? Or, uh... But those, those aren't active. A Venus flytrap is at least active. Oh, that's true. Pitcher that plants true. just wait for crap to fall in them. Pitcher yep. plant, that's what it was. Yeah. Jack the pulpit. pulpit. So, Brandon, if mm-hmm. you had to rate the blood bramble between 20 and 40, 
dandelion fluffs. What would you give it? I think that I would only go about 26. Really? That's it? Yeah. Why? It has its positives, but it seems like, especially with the hit points where they are, it seems very manageable with a group. It seems as though it could be manageable enough with just two of the members of the group if they're strong enough as far as their uh, abilities and, and, and knowledge. A tank to keep it busy and a wizard to throw fire at it, basically. Pretty much a wizard to yeah. take the to take the uh, hit points away in the tank because the tank again it's it, like it said it was to absorb the hits, absorb the hits and you know do a little damage because it's immune. What was it immune to slashing? Yeah. Well, no, but not bludgeoning, right? Right, exactly. So hopefully your tank has like a club or a warhammer or something. Yeah. Let's see. It gets well. It has a reach of ten, so it could ignore the tank altogether. Unless your wizard is far enough away. Yeah. You'd have to strategically place yeah. the others. Wow, its melee is four vines. So it gets four hits. Ooh. Yeah. Plus 17? Yeah, so you roll your d20 and then add the 17 to hit. Yeah, and then it says if you get a 19 or 20, you add bleed. Yeah, so it's... What's that called? Brutal critical, I believe. Mm. So it expands the space for your critical. And the, the critical on this is an additional D6 of damage, basically. Which is relatively rare for monsters to give them a specific critical ability. But it's yeah. nice that it's it's just it just so happens that there is a chance you get caught really badly you could cut really bad and and start to bleed bleed out worse you know mm-hmm. that's a that's a nice little flavor mechanic mm-hmm. they may never see it in the battle yeah but they also might you know now is that typically 19 or 20 or do they often do it just tw- if you roll 20 a critical is 20 right but there's a feat in 35 that i don't i don't know if it's just it's one less or if it doubles so the first time mm, you take it, it's okay. 19 to 20. The second time you take it, it's 17 to 20. I can't remember. Mm. I cannot remember wow. those feats. Yeah, I don't... It's... it's Holy cow. Brutal? I don't remember. Or maybe... No. Brutal applies to the weapon. You can have a brutal weapon that will crit on 19 and 20. I think oh. it's called improved crit that allows you to take multiple times. And stack, basically. I think that's just a standard feat. You probably have a level prereq or something. Yeah, you probably also have to take something else as a prerequisite before. Yeah. Like one or two things, I would assume. But yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, improved critical is you have to be proficient with the weapon and have a base attack bonus of eight. Oh, so you got to be pretty high level. Right, yeah. That's, my God, I forgot that base attack bonus even exist. You can gain improved critical multiple times. Oh, okay, the effect does not stack. You can apply it to a different type of weapon. Ah, uh, 
Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't it doesn't stack with any other effect that expands the threat range of a weapon. So if you already have a brutal, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Gotcha. I, thought, I, oh. I could swear there was something that allows you to just keep tacking it on. Yeah. Well, like you said, there were so many feats that I guarantee one is slipping through the yeah. cracks. So. Yeah, and base attack bonus, you you would obviously take that as a, a fighter or something like that that really had that boosted base attack bonus. You obviously wouldn't oh, yeah. want to do it for... Even a rogue, it might not be really worth it because you wouldn't be getting it until... Yeah, that's the thing. You're waiting too long for yeah, it. Yeah, and by that point, you've you've opened up so many other path options by by meeting the prereqs for other feats that it just makes more sense. Exactly. You want this to be your your tank, your your just meaty frontline guy to take. The... Yeah, you want. Let's see. I you take improved dodge. I think that's the one where if there's like splash damage or something, or if it's a roll that you would take half damage. If you saved, you take no damage. Oh, yeah. Uncanny dodge, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Man, that has been a long time. Okay, so we're at 26 of 40 dandelion fluffs because it would be easy to beat, basically. You think? think It wouldn't be as much of a challenge. Again, with a couple of party members and some, you know, maybe a few smart plays. You know, using yeah. using your feats, abilities, and whatnot wisely. Sure. Sure. I think it's cooler than that. I would give it more, just in, in terms of how cool it is, to be honest. I mean, it's cool. But, I mean, I wasn't asked how many dandelion fluffs I would give it, so. How many dandelion fluffs would you give it, Nick? I don't want to talk about it, Brandon. So that is The Blood Bramble, page 48 of Pathfinder's Bestiary number six. Come on back in a week. For a new random encounter, we'll pull out a brand new random monster in one of our monster manuals, and we will discuss it. Be sure to rate and review and subscribe, as usual, the normal stuff that we ask you to do. We would greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mom. We will see you in a week. In the meantime, I am Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And this is Random Encounters. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Moans Audio Network.